The Cannabis Conversation. A European perspective on the emerging legal cannabis industry. Welcome to the Cannabis Conversation with Anuj Desai, where we explore the new legal cannabis industry by speaking to the professionals that are helping to shape it. Today, I've got Sol K on the show. Sol has lots of different hats in this industry, but I'm just going to mention the, the main two. He's the founder of ICANN, which is an Israeli medical cannabis company. He's also co-founder of Canatech, which is an annual international cannabis conference in Tel Aviv. There are loads more things that he's up to, which I'll let him talk about in a minute. But he comes from a science background as a pharmacist but now is a serial entrepreneur in this space. Sol's a real heavyweight in this industry, so I'm really honoured to have him on the show. Welcome. How is it all at the moment over in uh, Israel? It's good. Uh, Look, we have a very forward regulation on medical cannabis, but at the same time, we've got a huge bottleneck in patient access. And as the new program's rolling out, there's a lot of problems that were revealed uh, in the program and and we're, you know, dealing with it, but it takes time. And in a case often where it's life or death and cannabis can help, time is something we don't have often. So, you know, there are challenges, but it is definitely moving in the right direction it's great to hear it's great to hear yeah very similar scene in the uk as well but we'll, we'll go into it more detail in a second i guess we'll kind of start at the beginning with with the various things that you're into i mean i read your linkedin just now and it said in terms of your undergrad you drank lots of beer and played a lot of squash learned a lot of pharmacy that doesn't help me do what i do today <laughs> which made me laugh <laughs> so what exactly are you up to today <laughs> Uh, we do everything across the whole value chain in cannabis, so genetics research, growing cannabis, extracting cannabis, formulating products, clinically trialing them. We look at you know, things that others aren't looking at, like image processing and AI for applications in cannabis. So I, I you know, started with the conference platform a long time ago now, six years ago. That's gone all over the world now. We've done it in Australia and in London and Hong Kong and Davos. Um, Panama. Uh, so we've touched every continent. Our next one's in Africa, in Cape Town. So we established that ecosystem by going in with, with our conference and re-educating people and destigmatizing cannabis. And then we help to service that ecosystem that we, we help build with a whole range of different products and services, connect them to the right players, whether it's the capital markets or the right regulatory frameworks or the right uh, people that come in and check their farms. And then we uh, incubate companies and invest in companies uh, because of our global reach. So it's it all started with a little conference, but it's ended up being a little monster. And we've established well over 15 companies now in the cannabis space. And we're known, I guess, globally as one of the people that are making some moves and, and trying to move the needle, at least in, in some of the exotic places. And it's really about getting patients access to medical cannabis that's that's our goal that's brilliant obviously you're on the show to talk about cannabis and entrepreneurship so all of those things are are really really relevant particularly the incubator bit so we'll hopefully go on and talk about that in a bit more detail before we crack on with that particular aspect maybe you could let us know sort of your your backstory as well about how and why you came to get involved in the cannabis industry 
Sure. I uh, guess like everyone, it comes down to a patient. For me, it was Jason, my friend and partner in my cannabis business now, who we were at the end of a long line of treatments pharmaceutically um, and ended up with cannabis as, as one of the last options, as many patients find it. And for me, that opened my eyes to something that was always illegal and recreational to something that had huge medical potential. And that was the moment when I decided to you know, go out of the classic pharmaceutical single molecule model and move to something in cannabis in a time where there was immense change happening and you, you just had to tap into it. Uh, so we did that. Yeah, cool. I mean, that's that. You're right. That is quite a common story, isn't it? That either you yourself directly need cannabis as a medicine, or you have a close friend or family who does. And when this actually happened with your friend Jason, what was the legal framework in, in uh, Israel at the time? Uh, so we've had a medical program in Israel since 1996. Was the first patient. Uh, okay. We've had a long history. We now have over 50,000 patients in the program and growing rapidly. You know, many, many licensed producers, a robust a number of companies have gone public on the Israeli stock exchange. There's there's quite an ecosystem here. Great. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Um, so, uh, yeah, as I said, entrepreneurship is the topic that we'd like to talk about today. And, you know, there are a number of factors when it comes to starting a business. But if we could sort of have three to four buckets and and those would be firstly the idea and strategy um then secondly capital and then third people if you could take us through those sort of three aspects in relation to cannabis and give us your thoughts so in terms of the idea what, what do you think's the key is it just looking for problems or is there more to it than that well, there's there's two types of, of cannabis startups, I guess. There's the classic, which is I'm going to get a license, I'm going to grow. That really isn't a startup. That's a business. And like all businesses, if you want to open a McDonald's franchise, make sure that you know the fundamental numbers behind a McDonald's franchise. Uh, same thing here. Know the fundamentals behind the business that you're going into. And from an investor perspective, I'm trusting that you're the team that's going to be able to execute on that. Uh, so if your vision is unclear and you haven't been able to impart it directly to the investor, the investor is not going to have the confidence that you're the right people to execute on a vision that you need to be very, very clear on. So are you looking for a particular problem? Yes. If you're an innovative company and you have background in, you know, data imaging, then you want to be a data imaging company in cannabis. But, you know, uh, think about cannabis like cucumbers. And if someone comes up to you and tells you they are growing the best cucumbers, Cucumbers in the world in a high-tech indoor facility uh, that are under the metrics of growing indoors doesn't make sense to grow cucumbers in that facility, it starts to tell you a story. And then also if that cucumber grower is now also a cucumber juice manufacturer, oh, I'm starting to get worried because he doesn't even know how to grow indoor cucumbers. Now he wants to make cucumber juice. And then the cucumber juice manufacturer also wants to open a retail store. Well, now I'm really confused because I've been in retail for 20 years and I want to get the hell out of retail. So why are you going into retail? And you may be doing that in a country that isn't vertically integrated, in which case there is no incentive to be in retail because other people can sell your product just as well. So having a very clear idea of where you want to go and how you want to get there and then are you the right team to execute on that vision that's that's more of the challenge rather than are you solving a problem and if you are solving a problem make sure that the problem that you're solving is a problem and and that people are going to 
buy your solution for that problem because I get approached a lot by people who have the best solution for a problem that I don't think exists. And ultimately, the consumer won't think it exists and then won't buy your product. Do you think there's anything unique to this particular industry versus tech or, or any other industry, given the nature of where it's come from a system of prohibition? Also, it's so young that people don't really know what the parameters are yet. Correct. So often coming into the industry, you think, oh, I can solve that problem. I've got a unique solution for it because you're coming at it from a cannabis perspective. Whereas if you look at cannabis like a commodity, I want commodity traders involved. I want commodity brokers involved. I want commodity financiers involved. And they've they've solved those things for uh, soya and for other commodities. And cannabis is becoming a commodity. So I think here the, the special source is being able to tie in the varied aspects across cannabis, whether it's genetics or human, clinical trial or plant trials, licensing, regulations, working relationships. Those are just as important as, as being innovative in this space. So, you know, I often look at how can companies pivot from what they're doing outside of cannabis into cannabis and bring your expertise in rather than necessarily having to build everything purpose-built inside. And, and certain things need to be purpose-built inside cannabis. And we're getting there, but the field's wide open, as you said. Yeah, and I guess that creates opportunity because no one has it nailed because nothing's really, the rules haven't been written yet almost. And, and before we move on to capital, you were kind of alluding, to, do you find a lot of companies that are trying to do too many things? You going back to what you said earlier is you know the cucumber guy wants to grow, wants to sell, wants to do retail. If you have the ability to pull that off, then no. If you're a guy that used to grow six cannabis plants in his basement and all of a sudden you're now managing a farm with 15,000 plants, I'm going to worry about your execution. So, you know, it's okay to have all the value chain in your plan. I'm going to be a breeder. I'm going to be a grower. I'm going to be an extractor. I'm going to be a formulator. I'm going to be a distribution and I'm going to have retail. Uh, that's okay if that's your very clear story. I'm going to be vertically integrated and why I'm going to be vertically integrated is because I can make more money doing that. I can show better returns to my investors. I can produce more at a better cost and then then the capital will come. Cool. Okay. So moving on to money and raising investment and capital in general, what's your view on, this, on that scene in relation to cannabis? Because it's changing now. More bigger institutions are sort of starting to look at this sector. So there is two types of cannabis businesses. There is the cannabis business you build and you make money in and might go somewhere and there's a lot of challenges and, you know, looking back, you'll, you'll look back and you will think, okay, I was successful. And then there's the business of cannabis, which is I'm going to wrap this up into a public shell. I'm going to raise money on it. I'm going to tell a story. That's a different business. The experts of doing cannabis businesses are retailers and uh, farmers and factory workers. Uh, the people that do the business of cannabis bankers and lawyers and Wall Street and Bay Street in Canada. And so decide where you are because you've got to know how to play that game. And if you don't know how to play that game, get a partner who is able to come on board and help you, you know, get through that game. You go to the public markets for one very simple reason, cost of capital. Cost of capital in the public markets is the cheapest money. So you go public because it's cheap access to money and it's usually good access. But you have to have liquidity. You have to be on a market that is 
trading your shares. You have to show news that your shares are going to go continually be priced better. Going public is an expensive thing to do. It costs like $400,000 to be on the NASDAQ a year. That's a cost. So you have to be able to support that cost, whether it's by raising more money or by producing revenues. And we haven't even started speaking about revenue. So, you know, uh, that's capital. Know which game you're playing. And if you're not playing the one that you want to be playing, then then get the right partners and, and, and the right referees and get on the new, uh, on the new pitch because you're, you're playing a different game. Well, I mean, in relation to the public markets, most of it been dominated by the Canadians. Do you see that changing quite soon? Not until there's federal legalisation, uh, simply because of the exposure that the federal government could take, you know, your public company if it's listed on the NASDAQ, if you have US assets. That will change. Money goes where money can be made and Wall Street's turning on. And as you said, the institutional investors are starting to turn on. So it will happen. It's a matter of time. And I don't think it can happen before full legalization in the US. So I guess that takes us on to our final limb of of this particular chat. Often people say the most important and I think very important is people. So I guess your your founding team but also the people that you hire. Have you seen that develop in cannabis? Founding team, very, very important. And it's just like marriage, 50% or more of founders' teams break up. Make sure your founders' agreements are rock solid. It's normal. It's not abnormal. Abnormal is, is founders that stay together. Going in to make sure that you're protected and that the people that are coming in as founders are working within the company equally because that's where, you know, most of the, the battles come. Once you get over those hurdles and the company's up and running and there's clear hierarchy and uh, delineation of, of roles and what people are doing, and the team is, is my best estimate as to whether they're going to succeed on their project. And do you think people sometimes underestimate the importance of people in this um, jigsaw? Yeah, because it's a very hard thing to estimate. You've got to meet someone. You, they come in, they give you their vision. You meet them for a couple of hours. They send you some paperwork. Okay, that seems like a good team. You have a follow-up meeting. You know, six months in, it's a very different story. You know them differently. How are they now and how are they going to be in the future and what is their past able to to lend into how they act in the future? Those are the indicators. But you don't have a lot of time to, to guess that. So we're going to guess wrong a lot of the time. Until we come up with some computer algorithms that can do this for us, we've got to go by, by our best case uh, guess, which is we meet the people, we look them in the eye, we break bread with them, we share a vision, we have confidence that they can execute on that vision, and then the transaction will happen. Yeah, I guess it's the most human aspects of that sort of trio of buckets, and um, and therefore probably the most complex because people work with each other differently in happy times versus stressful times. One of the aspects of the show, as well as being about cannabis, is about the idea of career change, particularly because this is a brand new industry. So most people are are having to come from another sector. How have you found in in the various businesses you're dealing with, people handle that transition from a sector to a new industry? 
Uh, well, inertia is the strongest force I know. Uh, so there'll always be an excuse not to jump to the new industry. But I, you know, I'm a pharmacist. I was trained 20 years ago in Sydney University. Does that mean I'm a pharmacist the rest of my life? Why have I put myself in that box? So what is a career change? It's a new opportunity. And if you were going to go after a new opportunity, go after the biggest fucking opportunity you can find right and cannabis is that it's a 30 percent year on year uh, compound annual growth you're not finding that anywhere else you have the ability to change the world you have an ability to destigmatize you have an ability to help people that's you know all the reason to jump into it and if you're just looking for another career then you're like the guys that sell mortgages this week you're selling this mortgage next week you're selling that mortgage this is another industry yes it's big but there's a lot of passion in the industry uh there's a plant there's mother nature involved and it's it's fascinating so i encourage everyone to fight inertia and jump into something that gives you meaning, something that gets you out of bed in the morning smiling and going to bed tired but wake, waiting for the next morning to start so you can do it all again. Yeah, I, I, I wholeheartedly endorse that. I'm a lawyer by trade and I've jumped into this industry for all those reasons. Thank you for that summary on entrepreneurship in terms of this wonderful new industry. We had a great young entrepreneur, Avu Tamir of Canabo Research on a couple of weeks ago. And we were talking about Israel being one of the leaders in cannabis. What do you think is the reason that there is so many Israeli businesses that are leading in this area? There's a lot of reasons. So uh, number one, we have very close proximity one to another in Israel. We're a very, very small country uh, with a lot of enemies that surround us. So that, that creates a new bond inside Israel. I have within my reach from my office uh, Professor Meshulam who discovered THC and CBD in the endocannabinoid system. And the other side I've got Daddy Meiri at the Technion who's discovering all the rest of the cannabinoids and the terpenes. So I've got an amazing opportunity to tap into a network, which is pretty incredible. And then you've got a nation basically with zero natural resources. Zero, right? We're surrounded. We've got salty water on one side and some salty water in a lake in the middle and a lot of desert. And we turn that desert green and we grow all the vegetables that you know, and we turned it into Silicon Valley and all the chips that are in every computer and every mobile phone were developed in Israel and Mobile Eye came out and uh, everyone is active here. That's the second largest investment community outside of Silicon Valley. And all those things lead to Israel being a hub and it's a hub in cybersecurity and high tech and biotech and pharma. So why wouldn't it be in cannabis, especially when the regulator said, okay, you can study it. I mean, you can't take it. You can't smoke it publicly. You can't grow it. Uh, but you can sure as hell do a clinical trial on it. Yeah, great. I suppose that is, yeah. I mean, the network thing is something I hadn't really appreciated, just proximity to others. And and because now we've had hundreds of thousands of people in a, a country of 8 million that have gone through the medical program, everyone knows someone who has med medical cannabis, who's had medical cannabis, and they've had it for being really sick, not for blind, night blindness and glaucoma in California, but these are cancer patients, these are uh, children with epilepsy and autism. And that's another thing that, that completely made this special. We're not talking about recreational weed in Israel, which 
talking about medical cannabis. We're talking about dispensing it in a pharmacy. Uh, we're talking about a different rollout than what's happening elsewhere in the world. And that's sort of special as well. So that got a lot of attention. And then, I mean, I'm fairly responsible for the amount of attention Israel's gotten because of Canatech, for the amount of news uh, that we get and and we ride that wave but it's also we've got a journalistic pool here that's a little tired of hearing about high tech and war and now we brought cannabis which is something that crosses borders into in, in Israel all the parties are for cannabis whether it's the Arab parties or the ultra right orthodox groups uh, the center the right of center the left of center and we've got a lot of the political parties Everyone agrees. So your grandmother's agreeing and your children are going to end up using it. It becomes part of society very quickly. So that's something Israel has. Yeah, I think that's uh, it's very interesting because in the UK, we've got medical in name, but not in reality. And I think that's a big step in sort of become normalized to people and see how incredibly helpful this plant can be. Yeah, look, you're fighting a big stigma as well. When I brought Canatech to London, I guess, 18 months ago, you know, I felt the pressure from the news outlets, from the politicians. Why are you talking about cannabis in this way? This was before the, the national conversation, but it helped drive that uh, conversation. And obviously, patients, Billy and like Ava in Ireland, who are getting national press, are helping to, to push the agenda faster. Uh, but you don't have a medical program in England, let's be honest. You don't have access to, to medicine at all. You have no local infrastructure. You're way, way, way away from it. And I don't see a pathway of how you're going to get there quick enough. But it's nice to see that they're announcing things and that uh, usually, like in Israel, we announce and then it takes some time for it to filter through the government and churn and burn and then come out and then make mistakes and then do it again. Uh, so hopefully they've got some time to learn from others' mistakes and do it right. Cool, cool, cool. Thank you. As we kind of draw towards uh, towards the end, just what, what advice would you have to people looking to get into this sector, either as an entrepreneur or, or as a career move? Start with meetups, learn the community. It's active where you are. You're not the first. I guarantee you at this point, you're not the first. Find a meetup, go and meet the ecosystem. Uh, don't be afraid. Go and say hello because someone in that room has come from a different industry as well. No one's comfortable in cannabis. I've, that's one of the things we did well with Canatech. We created a language where a farmer who wears over overalls can talk to a banker who wears a suit uh, and in the middle there's a scientist wearing a lab coat uh, you're all different you're all coming from another industry into this industry uh, so go and, and get into your community or create your community because uh, it's there and it needs you need you need help of others so you find find partners find people with the like-minded values who want to get where you want to go to because uh, you're going to need help in this industry yes uh, really Solid message there, I think. Completely endorsed. Meeting people is key. Um, it certainly helped me. I've met so many people through the podcast, but also at conferences as well. I'll move on to my customary last question. What did your family say when you told them you were getting into weed as a business? As you can tell, a pretty honest guy and a realist. Um, so this is years and years ago. I came out to my kids and said, you know, I uh, smoke weed. 
a few days later in school, I get a call. Uh, they want to know why their father is doing wheat. Um, and he grows wheat and they didn't know, can they come and visit the wheat fields? I was like, okay, cool. Uh, I got to be a little more careful, but yeah, everyone's okay. They recognize that this is, uh, something that is criminalized. Obviously we have a lot of discussions around, uh, general, generally legalization, legalization of all substances, um, and, and where the world's going. So, uh, it, they're fine with it and I, everyone should be fine with it. Uh, it's not, uh, it's not a hard thing to say to your kids. I use, uh, cannabis as a medicine. Um, it's not a hard thing to say. I use cannabis as a recreational, uh, I use alcohol. Is it something you've ever had a discussion with your kids around, uh, you drinking a beer? Uh, that's absurd. Like it's just part of society. So cannabis will get there eventually. Although it won't be unusual. Uh, it won't be special. It'll just be. Just be, yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you, Sol. Um, really appreciate that um, solid advice there. And hopefully the, my listeners found it very useful too. And anyone wanting to reach out, they can find us online, Israel Cannabis, uh, or on LinkedIn. Uh, be happy to connect and uh, share my views with you and see how I can help accelerate you into the cannabis industry. Okay, well, cheers. Thanks a lot for that, Sol. Take care. Thanks for joining me on that. I hope you enjoyed it. Really valuable insight there on a number of different areas of starting a business in the cannabis industry. Clearly, Sol has a great amount of experience from startups to scale up businesses. So I hope you found that interesting. In particular, I thought his advice to people coming into the industry was great. In particular, going to meetups. There are tons of things out there now. So please get along to something if you are interested in the space. There's loads of people to talk to. Adding on to that, if there is anyone that you'd particularly like me to speak to or a particular topic, please drop me a line. As ever, please like and subscribe and share to um, spread the love. And I'll see you next week. Cheers. Cheers.